10 best assets to buy to produce passive income. Number one, a savings account or money market accounts. Probably the most basic income producing asset in the world and also one of the least profitable. While these two both pay slightly higher interest rates than a regular old checking account, you're still going to be hard pressed to make any meaningful income from these ultra safe choices unless for some reason you find a very rare case or very rare account that is an extremely high interest account. Unfortunately, most people never get past this stage in their investment journey. Of course, we're just getting started. Number two, certificate of deposits or CDs. These are not those things that you can stick into your car radio. Certificate of deposits are like savings accounts, except your bank won't allow you to access your money for a certain amount of time without incurring a penalty. Banks like CDs because they get to keep and use your money for a longer amount of time without having to hold your cash on hand in any case you get a wild hair to buy the latest infomercial special. You like CDs because they pay higher interest rates than cash in a savings account. And welcome to the world of investing. In today's low interest rate environment, you're lucky to find a CD paying any more than about 2%. And while you might not even beat inflation at those rates, CDs are FDIC insured up to 250000 so they're risk-free. And they're still better than high interest savings accounts because typically high interest savings accounts are under 2%. Number three, interest-paying bonds. Bonds are basically IOUs from businesses to investors. You invest a fixed amount into a bond, and the company agrees to pay you a certain percentage back. Of course, this is a simplification. You can purchase bonds from all sorts of entities, including companies, a.k.a. corporate bonds, large stable companies, investment-grade corporate bonds, small ultra-risky companies, junk bonds, the federal government, treasury bills, sections of the federal government, agency bonds, state and local governments, municipal bonds, foreign companies or governments, which is foreign bonds. Interest rates obviously vary significantly depending on your type of bond in the current interest rate environment. But in general, you can expect bonds to yield anywhere from 1% to 4%. Still not really that great, but it's still an option. Investors typically enjoy bonds for the stability of their fixed payments and the stability of the underlying price of the bond itself. While stocks tend to fluctuate wildly in price, the price of bonds is much more stable by comparison. Number 4. Dividend paying stocks. This is a really good one. Now we're getting to something with real wealth building power. When you purchase stocks, many of those companies pay out a portion of earnings to shareholders on a regular schedule. These are called dividends and ooh-wee, let me tell you, there is a few things more exhilarating than a big fat chunky check with your name on it, courtesy of your stock market investments. Typically, dividend-paying stocks are the larger, more established companies. 
In fact, there's a whole set of stock market darlings known as the dividend aristocrats, who have earned their title by increasing dividend payouts for 25 consecutive years or more. Currently, Procter and Gamble and Dover Corp are neck and neck, with 61 and 62 years straight years of dividend increases, respectively. The percentage rate of dividends varies by company. If you're an investor in Ecolab, you're currently looking at 1.12% dividend rate. If you felt like juicing up those dividend yields, you could always move some money to a company like AT&T, whose annual dividend yield is 6.05% right now. Things get really exciting when you realize that for someone capable of living off $30,000 a year, a $496,000 Investment in AT&T could fund their whole lifestyle. Number four continued. Did I mention that if dividends represent your only income source, a married couple can earn up to seventy-five thousand nine hundred dollars of dividend income a year without paying any taxes? Pretty nifty. The easiest way to gain some dividend exposure is through index funds. Like Vanguard or even Betterment. Yep, index funds pay out dividends too, which makes sense when you consider the index includes these same dividend-paying companies. Currently, my favorite index fund is Vanguard's VTSAX, which is paying dividends at a little less than two percent due to the market's historically high prices and growth of many large technology stocks, which aren't currently paying dividends. Number five, peer-to-peer -peer lending. Come on, you didn't think I'd keep this list to usual old advice, did you? Peer-to-peer -peer lending is a growing market of banking, which serves to cut out the large financial institutions from the lending process. The idea is simple: since the dawn of time, consumers have had debt. Typically, they carry this debt through credit cards, banks, or other high-interest rate options. With peer-to-peer -peer lending, those consumers go straight to other peers as a money source. As an investor, you're playing the role of bank by providing your money to a consumer. In exchange for lending out your money, the consumer pays you interest through an SEC-regulated intermediary like Lending Club. The biggest risk, obviously, is that consumers default on their loans, which impacts your return on investment. Plus, there's a little bit about Lending Club's CEO recently resigning after violating the company's business practices. Hey, no reward without risk, am I right? But also, there's other services out there, so just do your research. Number six, single-family rental houses, the classic rental property. While stock market investors mostly rely on appreciation, rental property represents the cash flow special. The single-family rental home is where most real estate investors get their start, and a good rental house can be a cash-flowing machine for its owner. The single-family rental carries the advantage of easier management, with less tenants, less appliances, and overall less things to break. Single-family properties can have less headaches. Plus, the barrier to entry is pretty low. When it comes time to move, keep your old house instead of giving a realtor seven percent of the selling price, and voila, you now hopefully have an income-producing asset 
on your hands. Number seven, multi-family rental properties. If you have a single-family rental home, you're an undoubtedly a rental owner. If you're managing a multi-family rental, you just might be a full-fledged landlord. By having multiple tenants under one roof, multi-family properties carry a certain economy of scale that single-family homes struggle to compete against. It's a lot easier to stomach the idea of some foundation work when that same foundation supports two, three, or even four different paying renters. And doing my own research for my first rental, I find it much easier to get the numbers to work on multi-family properties than their single-family counterparts. Of course, like any investment, multi-family properties aren't perfect. For one, there's a smaller supply of them, and typically the only buyers interested are other investors, which can make finding a good deal much more difficult. They also carry more risk. They usually cost more money, require larger initial capital outlays, and you're more exposed to location-related risk when you have multiple rentals at one address, rather than spread across several locations. And let's not forget that it usually isn't appreciating like a single-family home, because people who tend to buy these are really just investors as well. Number eight, tycoon status apartment buildings. Now we're getting to big shot mogul territory. A twenty dollar increase in rent won't move the needle much when you're only managing a couple of rentals. But now, let's say you're managing a twelve unit apartment building. The same twenty dollar increase in monthly rent creates nearly three thousand dollars in additional annual revenue. And this is where things get interesting. With large apartment buildings, small changes to operational efficiency can create big changes to the bottom line, and a savvy manager can leverage this scale to create a well-oiled cash-flowing machine. Number nine, slumlord investing, trailer parks. If you want to get rich, sometimes you gotta get your hands dirty, and I can't think of a much dirtier investment than trailer parks. Trailer parks typically come in two management structures. Number one, parks own the land plus the mobile homes, and owners receive a combined rental payment for the whole shebang, similar to an apartment complex. This obviously carries the concern that tenant in trailer home number sixty-nine accidentally blew up your home when cooking up this week's batch of no healthy stuff. So this investment idea makes me a little nervous. But number two, what I find more attractive is the other, more common trailer park setup, where park investors own the land, and the tenants own the actual mobile homes while paying monthly rent for their trailer's lot. Now, this obviously transfers the risk of property damage to the owner, and the lot rentals still offer really attractive rates compared to other real estate options. So, what sort of returns are you looking at with a trailer park investment? But you're probably not looking forward to collecting rent from trailer park residents, which brings me to next advantage of this asset class. With the ability to squeeze so many lots on a single property, rental prices per lot are relatively low to the property's overall value, 
which lets you adopt the property manager approach similar to apartments. You supply a free lot to an on-site property manager so long as they deal with the dirty work, turning this potential headache into a surprisingly passive income-producing asset. Number 10. Short-Term Rentals With the rise of Airbnb, VRBO, and others, it's never been easier to rent out a place for a couple of nights. Some owners find it more profitable to rent out their property to a lot of different people over a short time rather than the typical rental arrangement of a one single tenant for a long time. Of course, this comes with the added maintenance, wear and tear, and hospitality needed for managing lots of different customers, but the rewards can certainly pay off. Paula Pant completed a public Airbnb experiment on her blog in Good News. She found her rentals did earn more as short-term rentals. The catch? Those increased returns were mostly the result of good old-fashioned sweat equity. On the other hand, investors like Ziona have successfully used short-term rentals to build up a rental empire and reach early financial freedom. Like any investment worth its weight in risk, your mileage may vary. The bonus, vacation rentals. While some investors certainly have success producing income from their vacation rentals, I found these things tend to be a bit of a trap for most investors. This irresistible idea of owning a slice of luxury usually causes vacation properties to sell at a really high premium and carry some heavy ongoing operating costs. This might be fine for the rich dude willing to pay for his dream getaway, but it puts a real squeeze on the investor looking for an income-producing asset. IMO, vacation rentals tend to be a nice way to offset the cost of owning a luxurious second place rather than a solid income-producing asset. Still here? Get a free stock below worth up to $500 by simply joining Robinhood. Learn the four steps to make money online using just a phone and a computer and a PowerPoint. Watch the next episode and go learn more about money. Check out well, our YouTube, like other videos, and subscribe. Our podcast is 40 Inbox as well, so you can listen to that wherever and feel free to leave a review there. Our Instagram is at 40 Inbox as well. Feel free to submit questions to us. And our website is 40inbox.com where you can learn more about money. Hit the like button to inform us this has been helpful to you or that you like it. And hit the bell and set it to notify you of future episodes. We will try to upload daily, but no matter what, there will always be at least one episode weekly. Now go learn how to make some money. And subscribe, and we will see you in future episodes. Go click one of these other episodes